Welcome to Folklore Press, and I'm Liam Griffin. Will, the Astros are in Boston this weekend, and the Sox are in Houston next weekend. I'm Will Arnson, and that should make for a lot of easy wins. Easy as in our wins in the ALCS last year? Alright boys and girls, back with me today is one of many still crying over the Rockets, Mr. Will Arnson. On today's episode, the Knicks are foiled, the Warriors go up 2-0, and the Bucks raptors series gets going. We begin today with the shot Kawhi Leonard hit Sunday. The ball bounced not once, not twice, not thrice, but four times before finding the bottom of the net, sending the Raptors to a Game 7 win over the 76ers. It was the first buzzer beater in Game 7 history. Will, is this an all-time great shot? No, it's definitely not an all-time great shot, since the Raptors aren't even going to the finals. However, it is an all-time great shot for the Raptors franchise, since they're finally getting past the semifinals for once. Um, I'd say it's probably on the same level of greatness as like the Lillard shot in 2014 that sent him past the Rockets. Well, personally, I, I disagree with you, because I firmly believe that that will go down as one of the biggest shots in history, because... How often do you see a shot that bounces in the way that it did and fall in? And you mentioned the Damian Lillard shot from five years ago. People look back on that as an all-time great shot, and people are already looking on Lillard's series-ending buzzer beater against OKC this year, which was even more ridiculous than Kawhi's shot, if you ask me, as an all-time great shot. But Kawhi's shot came in Game 7. It was the first of its kind. I think... I believe Kawhi has the makings of an all-time great player, regardless of where he ends up next year. But, it's an all-time great shot. There's just no denying it. You disagree, but it's an all-time great shot. Eh, either way, it was a ridiculous shot. Um, in other NBA news, the Pelicans shocked the world by winning the Zion sweepstakes, defying 6% odds to win the number one pick. Teams like the Knicks, Cavs, and Suns had their hearts broken as this very interesting franchise with Anthony Davis ended up winning. Liam, because of the Pelicans' lottery victory, do you potentially see AD actually remaining in New Orleans after all that's happened over the past year? 100%. 100% and then some. Because if you watch March Madness and you watched in the way that I do, you saw how Duke was on the bubble against UCF, and on the bubble against Virginia Tech. Zion Williamson is the reason why they were able to advance to the Elite Eight. And I know they ended up losing to Michigan State. But Zion Williamson is a once-in-a-generation talent. He is like Jalen Waddell of Episcopal High School. Who I firmly believe is a once-in-a-generation talent. I agree. Because Zion Williamson is arguably the most highly desired prospect in the last couple of years. Possibly since Anthony Davis. So, it's a huge win for the Pelicans. And David Griffin, the new GM, has his ways. So, it wouldn't surprise me to see Zion convince AD to stay in New Orleans. 100%. To be honest, I have to completely agree with you here. There is no way Anthony Davis leaves this team now. With the big three of Davis, Zion, and Drew Holiday, and having Julius Randle also... I feel like AD has as good of a chance to win a championship here as anywhere within the next five years. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, and don't forget, you would have to think that with Zion coming in, New Orleans is a more 
attractive free agent destination for some of the lesser free agents like, I don't know, Jimmy Butler or Tobias Harris. Exactly, and it'll get them more attention because everyone focuses on Zion. No, everyone... Oh, absolutely. Right, and so, they'll get, so since they're on his team, they'll get more attention. Yeah, and New Orleans is kind of a kind of a big market, but not a huge market. So if you have a guy like Kyrie Irving or Jimmy Butler who seeks out the big market, then that's satisfying. But Zion Williamson is going to be in New Orleans. That's something that neither Brooklyn nor L.A. can offer. Nope. It certainly makes things much more interesting in the Big Easy. The New York Knicks, who recently had the third largest 2020 title odds in Vegas, sought to bring Zion, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant together in NYC. However, now that Zion is 99.9% likely headed to New Orleans, everything changes. Will, do you think the Knicks not landing Zion will affect their chances of landing Kyrie and or KD? So, I could potentially see them still landing Kyrie for two reasons. One... The Knicks are stupid. And two, Kyrie, Kyrie is very selfish and wants his own team to himself. And the Knicks will not see past that and still try to get Kyrie, and their team will be ruined for the next five years. However, they have absolutely no chance of landing KD anymore. KD's expressed a lot of praise for Zion in the past, and there isn't really a point for him to go to New York anymore. And I cannot see him and Kyrie together either. But I. I could honestly see KD going back to the Thunder being more likely than him going to New York at this point. Wow. Wow, that's a bold statement. And you brought up Kyrie Irving and how selfish he is. You're absolutely right. And I saw something on Inst- I've been seeing something on Instagram over the past couple of days that general managers are starting to become wary of pursuing Kyrie Irving because of his role on and off the court with the Celtics, which is something I enjoy seeing because A... Uh, enjoy and not enjoy because I want Kyrie gone. There's no doubt about that. But I'm I'm happy to know that general managers are seeing it too. And I still think that the Knicks I still think that the Knicks have a shot at KD just because it's NYC and there are other free agents out there like Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard and even his teammate Clay Thompson and even his other teammate Demarcus Cousins who could go to New York with him. And I think that. I ultimately think that Kyrie Irving will end up in Brooklyn. That's just a gut feeling, but it certainly doesn't minimal. It certainly doesn't zero their chances the way you think it does. Well, Knicks fans fall on the wrong side of it again. Did you see Stephen A. Smith's rant about it? Um, is it uh, like a clip of it. Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> funny. Um, despite the absence of Durant, the war- the Golden State Warriors lead the Western Conference Finals against Portland 2-0. The Blazers, um, hold on. The Blazers blew a big lead in Game 2. Now Damian Lillard is faced with the daunting task if Portland is to come back. Now, is there any hope for Portland whatsoever? I will give my response first. Yes, there actually is hope for Portland. I'm back. Sorry. No, you're good. There is hope for Portland in game three, three and four because they're at home. Most NBA fans don't realize that Portland is actually one of the biggest home court advantages in basketball. In that building, Damian Lillard has hit two of the biggest shots in NBA history to end the Rockets season five years ago and to end OKC season this year. It would not surprise me at all if Portland won both those games to go up to to tie the series at 2-2, especially without Kevin Durant. 
because we just confirmed he is out for games three and four, and frankly speaking, it wouldn't surprise me to see him not play again this this postseason. So there's hope for Portland, but they've got to win both three and four. It's mandatory. Now I have to agree with you about them winning games three and four, but this series is going to be the exact same as the Rockets versus Warriors last round. Portland's going to win the two games at home, and then they're just going to collapse, just like the Rockets, for the rest of the series. Six Warriors and six. Warrior, that's your thing? Mm-hmm. I mean, but you're, you make an interesting point talking about the Rockets, because they definitely blew it, but Damian Lillard has proven himself this postseason in ways that James Harden and Chris Paul have never. So, that just makes me feel like there's more hope for Portland than people are thinking. Now, but if you look at the stats, like, Chris Paul had an awesome game, the Rockets game six against the Warriors, but they just couldn't beat the Warriors. James Harden played well in games five and six, too. But, it's just, they have to have more to be able to beat the Warriors. Well, let me ask you this. Who had a big game in game six? For the Warriors. Clay Thompson had a huge game for the Warriors. And Dick Carter. Great, a, a really good second half. That They need to stop one or both. They need to limit one of them because Thompson was on fire in the first. Curry was on fire in the second. If the Golden, Portland Trailblazers are going to win the series, they are going to need equal production from the two of them rather than one of them going off. You know, I guess I could see that going to seven, but I still don't see the Blazers winning. Well, I mean... Huh? If Golden State sweeps without Kevin Durant, then one hope is there. The Milwaukee Bucks lead 2-0 against the Toronto Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals. Questions have been arising the whole year about Kawhi Leonard's impending free agency and his stated desire to play in his hometown in LA. Will, if the Raptors lose this series, do you think Kawhi is gone? Yes. Kawhi never, ever really expressed excitement about being in Toronto until they started winning games. And But, I mean, to be fair, he never really expresses emotion at all. But I definitely think Kyrie would, I mean, yeah, Kawhi would rather be in L.A. next year than Toronto. However, I don't see him on the Lakers. I see him on the Clippers. I couldn't have said that better myself. I Even if Toronto wins, unlikely wins the series, I still think there's a very good chance that Kawhi leaves because I can't see the Raptors beating the Golden State Warriors in a seven-game series the way I could see Milwaukee potentially doing it. So, I believe that Kawhi is gone regardless, and that he will go to L.A. and play for the Clippers without LeBron James. He will have his own team. He will. It wouldn't surprise me if other free agents like Boogie Cousins or Klay Thompson find their way there. So, Kawhi's gone. The Raptors have little to no hope after going down 2-0 in terrible fashion last night. Kawhi's gone. Yeah, I mean... I just can't see him and LeBron being on the same team, even though I see Kawhi going to L.A. Like, Kawhi is a much better player than LeBron, I'm going to say it right now. It's current day, not ever, but right now, Kawhi's way better, but people still put all their focus on LeBron, so I don't, think, I don't think Kawhi would like that at all. People put all their focus on LeBron because he's LeBron. Yep. Alrighty, it is time to play In Your Shoes, where we will be placing the figurative shoes of an important figure in a revolving topic. We'll start with this. If you're Sixers GM Elton Brand, who is the biggest priority in keeping? Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, or J.J. Redick? Now, I see Jimmy Butler as the most important person to keep. Not necessarily because he's the best out of the three, although I think he's about equal with Tobias and skill. 
but you could see like throughout the playoffs and for the second half of the season when he was on the team, he was the team veteran leader. Like he would keep them together. He gives so much advice to Joel Embiid. Like you could see him talking to him on the sidelines, and he's just a great person to keep the team together and have good team chemistry. I, you make a lot of great points, but I am going to have to disagree with you slightly. I think that because of Jimmy Butler's backstory in Minnesota and how chaotic things were there, and I'm going to say Tobias Harris. Harris is a younger player than Jimmy Butler. He is arguably more skilled. I believe the Sixers got a steal while trading for him. I think that... I ultimately think that the Sixers will bring back one or the other in Butler and Harris. I also think they'll bring back Reddick. But I would bring back Harris and Reddick rather than Butler and Reddick. Now, you did mention Jimmy's issues in Minnesota, but that was Cat and Wiggins, and they're they're not as good as Embiid and the other guys, and they had a much worse attitude, so I could understand Jimmy's frustration with them. But I, I, did, I do see your point. Hey, did you watch, did you watch the... Um, uh, Game of Zones episode on Bleacher Report with Jimmy Butler and the Timberwolves? Yes, that was hilarious. It was quite funny. That's why That's why the Sixers need to prioritize Tobias Harris. Next up, if you're, um, if you're Yankees manager Aaron Boone, how concerned are you about um, ace pitcher Luis Severino? I'm very concerned because Severino went on the 10-day DL at the, during spring training. Now he's on the 60-day L, and it doesn't seem like he's getting any better. When Luis Severino was healthy for the Yankees last year, they were they were unbeatable when he was on the mound, almost, except for except at Fenway, except at Fenway, they were almost unbeatable. And we saw when he faltered in Game Three of the ALDS, that 16 to one destroying of the Yankees, we saw them fall apart. When Luis Severino is pitching like an ace, the Yankees are much, much, much better team. But when Luis Severino's hurt, the Yankees are a much, much, much worse team. I don't believe that the Yankees will be able to sustain the level of play they've been they've been having, even with all those injured players, especially if they don't keep Luis Severino healthy. Uh, to be honest, I don't have much to say about this, but I will just say that without Severino, the Yankees could not win a title. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right, next. If you're Padres second baseman Ian Kinsler, do you have any regret after apparently yelling "F you all" after your big home run Thursday night? Um, I would actually not have any regrets at all. I feel like the MLB and sports leagues in general just don't show enough emotion these days. And players are always concerned about being fined and stuff like that. But I think it was great that he did that because it shows the players truly care and have passion for the game. Okay, so this season, Ian Kinsler, I think he's batting below 180, has five home runs and nine ish RBIs. And the fans in San Diego have been booing him constantly, and Kinsler felt the need to say that, but according to sources, he was, according to Kinsler, he was saying that to hype his teammates up, and it wasn't directed at the fans, which part of me wants to say that's a bunch of BS, but. Ian Kinsler is the player that had the big error in Game 3 of the World Series that cost my Red Sox a sweep of the Dodgers. So, yeah, in that 18-inning game. So, 
this is a really interesting situation because Kinsler has been bad this year and the Padres have been much better than they have been in the past. So, if I'm Ian Kinsler, part of me, I'm, I'm divided because if you're hyping your teammates up, go for it. But if it's directed at the fans, then that's just not right. And I don't think we'll ever, we'll, we will ever know his true intention. It's just... It just fascinates me that he was willing to show that much emotion. Well, I would say if he's, I mean, he's got to have been super frustrated after kind of sucking the whole year. Fans have been booing him and stuff like that. I could, I could definitely see how he could just let out all that emotion after finally playing well and just being like, suck it. But, alright, last one. Um, if you're the Arizona Cardinals GM, Steve... I don't even know how they say it's Kime. Yeah. Do you, do you trade Patrick Peterson after his recent Game 6, I mean, six-game suspension for PEDs? No, because in the National Football League, we have seen players like Kareem Hunt, like Josh Gordon, come back from things like this. And I know it's been kind of a failed mission for Josh Gordon thus far, but there are a lot worse things Patrick Peterson could have done, and... As long as he doesn't get into trouble again, then it's a big deal. Don't get me wrong, then, but it's it's not a long-term issue as long as he stays away from it in the future. So if I'm the Cardinals, I am not trading him despite it. And don't get me wrong, PEDs are not good in any way, shape, or form, but there are a lot more serious things he could have done. I mean, come on. Patrick Peterson, throughout all the Cardinals' struggles, has been the one. One, well, alongside Larry Fitzgerald. And David Johnson. Yeah, and David Johnson has been their franchise player for the past decade with eight Pro Bowls. He's been the heart of their defense. They can't just get rid of him over one freaking PED suspension. I mean, you're right. There are a lot... I'm, I'm sure you would agree with me that there are a lot worse things he could have done. Yes, definitely. Okay. Okay, time for the history lesson, boys and girls, where we honor great achievements of the past in the coming week. Fifteen years ago today, May 18th, Randy Johnson threw the 16th perfect game in MLB history. Johnson is also the pitcher who infamously took out a bird with his fastball, and this velocity made him one of the greatest southpaws of all time. Also, 28 years ago, Monday, May 20th, Michael Jordan won a second NBA MVP award. Jordan is, regard is widely regarded by most as the greatest player of all time, although not by me. You think it's LeBron? Um, I just think it's not Michael Jordan. Who do you think it is, then? I'm not going to say. Don't you dare say Hakeem Olajuwon. I'm not going to say Hakeem Olajuwon, but I'm not going to say Michael Jordan. Alright, are you going to say LeBron? Move on, move on. Alright, 22 years ago, Tuesday, May 21st, Roger Clemens picked up his 200th win. A rather uncommon feat for pitchers. Clemens, like Johnson, was also known for his jaw-dropping velocity. Uh, 29 years ago, Friday, May 24th, the Edmonton Oilers won their fifth Stanley Cup in seven years, beating Liam's Boston Bruins. It was their first Stanley Cup without Wayne Gretzky, the, play the greatest player of all time. Oh, uh, well, it's all good. The Bruins are back in the Stanley Cup Finals now, so no biggie. Okay, the show's almost over, so it's time for Who You Got. We'll start with this. Tomorrow at 12.05 p.m. Central, Alex Bregman and the Astros visit Chris Sale and the Red Sox. Well, how many runs will the Astros score? Zero or one? Because we both know who's winning. 
Do you mean the Red Sox scoring zero or one? I think the Astros are going to sweep this series. No way. No way. Astros have been the hottest team in baseball, and the Red Sox haven't had a disappointing season. What do you think? It's They're May. The Red Sox should have won last night. Alex Cora made a bad decision leaving Rick Porcello out there to face George Springer, his arch enemy, and then he gave up a two-run homer to put the Astros ahead. And let's Just see. look at the Astros batting. Tonight, the Red Sox face Corbin Martin, whose cousin is in our grade at Episcopal High School, and what? Who? Talon Flood. The Red Sox face Corbin Martin tonight, a rookie who pitched well in his first game against the Rangers, but the Red Sox are a whole nother animal. Fenway Park is a whole nother animal. I think that the Red Sox can can win tonight, and I think they should. And tomorrow the Red Sox have Chris Sale going, who's coming off of a 17 strikeout performance. Chris Sale is starting to come into his own. I mean, it's very uncommon that you see 17 strikeouts, let alone in seven innings. So I think that the Red Sox can and will win both of these games. I'm sorry. Even even with Chris Sale, I see the Astros getting at least six runs, and so all Corbin Martin has to do is keep it under that number. Seventeen. Chris Sale pitches Sunday. Seventeen strikeouts. Whatever. Astros win. Okay, whatever you say. <laughs> Next up, the Warriors and Blazers play game three tonight at 8 o'clock in Portland. Liam, does the series go 3-0 or 2-1? I think it's going to go 2-1, Will. I think that C.J. McCollum is going to have a big game. I think that role players like Ennis Cantor and Myers Leonard are going to show up for Portland in ways that they haven't in the past this postseason. And I think that the Blazers are going to make the series a lot more interesting. Yeah, we talked about this earlier. We both saw the Blazers going 2-2 against the Warriors, so I have to agree with you on that. They're... De- It'll be a little bit harder for them to win Game 4, but I definitely see them winning Game 3 and most likely Game 4 also. Yeah, absolutely. All right, last one. Tomorrow at 6 o'clock, the Raptors and Blazers play Game 3. Will, does it go 3-0 or 2-1? Did you say Raptors and Blazers? Oh, Bucks. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Typo in the script. Okay. Um, I definitely see this one going 2-1 also because... Kawhi Leonard, I feel like he's going to be clutch at home. He's upset after losing two games like this. They, the Raptors cannot just go out in a sweep or even 3-0. There's just no chance. I, and Giannis can't keep up his insanity forever. Giannis, he showed some struggles last series, too. The Raptors definitely winning this game. I disagree with you completely. I, I know this is biased talking, but I believe that Boston is a much tougher place to play and win than Toronto is. I still believe that the Celtics were a better team than the Raptors this year. I think that... I saw something on Instagram today that showed the Bucks have the third largest point differential through the first 11 playoff games in NBA history, and that's with a 22-point loss. So, I believe that Milwaukee is going to sweep the series. People have been calling me crazy for that hot take all week. But it is going to happen. The Bucks are going to sweep this series. Oh, I know you love Giannis. You've definitely expressed your praise for him in the past. And he's going to lead Milwaukee to a sweep. Their supporting cast is far better than Toronto's. And it's it's just going to be a sweep. I'm sorry. Alright, well, that's all we have today, folks. I'm Will Arnson. I'm Liam Griffin. I'd like to thank Will for being my guest today. And thank you for tuning in. 
Be sure to give this podcast a follow on Instagram at Full Court Press Podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please DM the podcast or contact me directly. Thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you next week.